Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the beautiful Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's The Bottom Line with Jacqueline Sheldon on Business Radio X. Maximize your return on investment by reducing your tax bill. Get ready for the best tax talk you've ever had. It's The Bottom Line, presented by Bottom Line Tax Solutions. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everyone is still enjoying the summer. Hello, Jacqueline. How are you? I am doing well. How about yourself, sir? I am always fantastic. It's another day in the studio with the bottom line with Jacqueline Sheldon. I'm always excited. Oh, yeah. It's always a fun day to be here. I hear we have a guest today. We do have a guest today. Are we going to leave everyone in suspense? I like when we do that. I think you ought to introduce her. Okay. She's over there. She, no, don't leave yet. We haven't got to you. Come back. Come back. Ladies and gentlemen, we have with us Sandy Hill from Fairway Independent Mortgage. Hello, Sandy. Hi, Tom. We will be speaking with Sandy more and more as, as the episode goes on, or actually, I guess the second segment of the show will be all Sandy's. Oh, Ooh, boy. That's going to be exciting. I'm excited. But please uh, chime in if Jacqueline makes a mistake. <gasps> chime in. I mean, she never does. Never. First for everything. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Jacqueline's leaving. Come back here. We're not done yet. Before we get into today's show, last month we did the show on going back to school and how that affects taxes and everything. Right. I was shocked at how many people came up to me asking me all these college questions, and I had no clue. I sent them to you. I hope they made them. Everyone made it to you. Oh, yeah. It was an insane response. I got a few telephone calls with questions about the things that we talked about on the show last month. So I need commission awesome. on those, by the way. Okay. We'll, we'll see what we can do on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, close your eyes. See what you get. But today, though. The matter at hand, and one reason we have Sandy with us, tax advantages of being a landlord. Yeah, we're going to talk about rental real estate today. That sounds exciting. Because, I, I, what, you can build wealth doing that, right? Right. Real estate can be a great vehicle to build wealth. It's also a great way to create passive income. Now, what's passive income? Income that you don't necessarily have to work for. Oh. So that can give you a, a passive income stream in your retirement years it's a great way to supplement your retirement income to have that rental property rental income coming in so it's a great vehicle there not only to build wealth but like i said you can use it as passive income in retirement years well we all need more money but i know what more money does more money does uh affects tax your income taxes i figured that's where you were uh, going with that <clears throat> that's why we have you right Right. Well, you know, I have a lot of clients who choose to invest in real estate and property values in our area continue to go up. Uh, so it can be a good vehicle to help build wealth. Uh, rental property also, though, it isn't a perfect fit for everyone. There's a lot of things you kind of have to take into consideration. First of all is your financial strength. You have to keep in mind that if you have a tenant that doesn't pay their rent or maybe you have a property that's vacant for a few months, you, you don't still have a tenant, have to. you still have a mortgage to pay. So, you know, you need to keep those things in mind. Your uh, financial stability really comes into play there. You want to make sure that you're comfortable being able to make that mortgage payment even if you don't have a tenant in the property. You also have to keep in mind those late night telephone calls, Saturday night at 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. when you're tenant calls and says the air conditioner's out and can you run over here and take a look at it you know there's a certain temperament you have to have to deal with tenants so you kind of have to keep that in mind as well but 
just from a financial standpoint, you know, a lot of my clients find that it's advantageous, that it's a good fit for them. And in some cases, there are some tax benefits of having rental property. When you said temperament with, with, a, with, with tenants, why did everyone in the studio look at me? <laughs> what, what, the abuse, yeah. the abuse. Mm-hmm. It starts early today. Mm. Yeah, but how does all that affect taxes? I mean, you're making more money. You're thinking of investing in rental real estate. What do the folks out there need to know? How, how's that going to bludgeon their tax, tax, whatever I'm trying to say? Well, the income you receive from renting your property is reportable on your tax return. And then expenses for ownership or maintaining the property are deductible. This would include things like your mortgage interest, your property taxes, insurance, utilities, repairs, maintenance, those kind of things. So the income goes in, the deductions come out. Uh, you also get to write off the cost of the property through a depreciation deduction. And for residential real estate, you're going to write off the cost of that property over a 27-and-a-half-year period. A residential rental property compared to what? A commercial rental A commercial building, like a warehouse. Right. Commercial buildings, you're going to write off over 39 years. So there's a difference in the timing and um, how you're going to write your depreciation off of the building. What what do you do? Take um, take, take X amount of dollars divided by 27 and a half. You said 27 and a half, correct? Right. And that's pretty much what happens on real property. It is a straight line depreciation. So it's pretty much going to be the same year after year after year. Uh, The thing that you're going to find, though, that in a lot of cases during the first years of a mortgage, you're mainly paying interest. You're paying very little principal in those first five, seven, even up to 10 years. You're depreciation deduction is going to be straight line. So we find in a lot of cases, our clients come up with a paper loss during those first years of owning a rental property. Um, For example, let's say that you bought a rental property and you paid $250,000 for that property. Let's say the land value of that property was $50,000. Why is that important? Because you can't depreciate the land value, so you have to subtract that out. Oh, but now does does that stay constant throughout the the 27 and a half years because land land goes up as well as homes right there's no depreciation for the land but your basis in that land that just number's stays constant. locked in mm-hmm. okay that's good to know so what ends up happening in those first years in this example uh, your depreciation will be a little over seventy two hundred dollars a year but in those first years of a mortgage i kind of ran a scenario and the interest portion was about four thousand dollars depending on your interest rate so you may be only paying four thousand in in principal payments but your deduction for the cost of the property is going to be 7200 so right there you have $3,200 more in deduction than you actually spent so sometimes there'll be a paper loss and that can be advantageous for people who want to be able to take some deduction well, against it's, that it's rental anytime property. you can get a deduction it's important I, I you've taught me that yeah that, and that's very true if the property has a profit then it's going to be taxed at ordinary income rates but if for some reason there is a loss for the year then the rules change a little bit. And I was about to ask you, we're depreciating the property. What happens when I sell it, though? When you sell a property and you sell it for a gain, then you have to recapture that depreciation at ordinary income rates. That sounds scary. Well, it's not necessarily scary, but you just have to know that that exists. Any gain you have over and above the depreciation that you've taken, then if you've held the property long term, that's taxed at capital gains rates. So when you sell a property, part of it's going to be taxed at one rate, part of it may be taxed at another. And that's why we have you, a tax professional. Right. To be able not to help everyone you just that. common. That's not common knowledge. It's not common knowledge. So yeah, there is a difference in the rates. Uh, the, the depreciation recapture will uh, max out at 25% though. So I, kind of keep I that in mind you. as well. I got you. 
with rental property, you can sell property and, and basically do an exchange to where you're not facing tax liability, correct? Right. There is something called a 1031 exchange, which is also known as a like-kind exchange, where if you sell an investment property and you are going to purchase another investment property, or in some cases investment properties, uh, as long as what you're buying is more than the value of what you're selling, then you've got the opportunity there to roll those gains into the new property and defer paying taxes. But now there's a very important catch with the 1031 exchange, 1031, correct? There is a catch. Very, very important catch. And I, I know people, this is bitten. Something about money in escrow and not in your hand. Right. You cannot take possession of the funds at closing. So if you sell your first property, that closing proceeds has to you, be you held got a $100,000 check right that has to be held by a third party your attorney probably and your attorney or there's companies that actually do that they'll be your third party uh, intermediary in the transaction then you have 45 days to identify the property that you want to buy as your replacement property and up to 180 days to actually close on that property but you cannot take possession of the money because uh, if you do then it becomes taxable you pay taxes as a matter of fact i have a client that i'm working on her tax return right now that had done a like kind of exchange before when she was married well she sold a property this year and bought another one and she thought she had done a like kind of exchange but unfortunately she took possession she took possession of the closing proceeds so she will have to pay tax on that money i know some people that happened to and it's horrible because they, they got the wrong information or they didn't get the right information so yeah someone should have been saying hey don't do that don't right do that. well and some you know they should have talked to their accountant and gotten some information on exactly how this was going to work and they would have known you know the steps that they had to take to make it uh, qualify under that 1031 exchange treatment now real quick not to dig deep into this if you're flipping houses though all this is different all of it's different what we're talking about is if you have long-term investment property rental property if you are buying a property with the intent to resell then that is taxed at ordinary income rates there's no depreciation Everything's taxed at ordinary income rates. It's kind of like being a computer salesman. You're buying and selling computers. Yeah. You won't well, have it long enough to depreciate right. it, in theory. Well, and you can't depreciate it anyway. It's considered inventory. I got you. So you're buying inventory. You're selling inventory. Most times, you know, you're going to do that within a year anyway. It just happens to be a house. But, yeah. The, but you're in the business of selling houses. And in that case, it, it's like any other business. You're going to pay taxes at ordinary income rates just the same as you would if you were selling computers or any other item. A lot of times we find that because of the self-employment tax that comes into play, if you are going to flip properties, you may want to look at setting up an S-corporation and try to... Uh, so you, you've got you've got different there. tax rules, obviously, uh, for your own home, your residential, your principal more, uh, your principal residence. Mm -hmm. You've got different tax rules if you're getting investment, right? And then more rules if you're flipping. Exactly. There's different rules depending wow. on the situation. Now I know why I'm a radio host. It's a lot to keep up because I'm not there. doing any of that. <laughs> wow. So okay, okay. There, I, we've established there's differences. So so talk about some of these differences. Uh, do you hire a management company? Do you do it yourself? You you talked about getting that call the air conditioning's out. How How is all this taxed? How do you keep track of all this stuff? Well, you want to keep a set of books, obviously, any, just like you would any other business where you're keeping good records. You know, as far as the issues with tenants calling with issues, uh, I definitely want to say that uh, you want to consider having a good Rolodex of people that you can call. I can imagine. Uh, to be able to help you with those things but yeah it's back to the tax treatment 
Uh, we talked about the fact if you have a gain on the rental property, it's taxed at ordinary income rates. And if you have a loss, it does get a little bit trickier. Uh, because real estate is considered a passive activity by the IRS, there's something called passive activity rules that come into play. Of course there is. Of course there is. There's a rule for everything. Exactly. And then for that rule, there's usually 10 exceptions. But wow. one of, So one of three things is going to happen if you have a loss on a rental For property. the passive activity rule. Yeah. One of three things. So number one, if you have other passive income, you can take that loss against other passive income. So let's say you had a rental property that you had a gain on, that you had a profit on. You've got one that you've got a loss on. Let's say the one with the profit's $3,000, the one with the loss is $1,000. You can net those together and only pay tax on 2000 It's a group effort, basically. Pretty much. So okay. you, can, you can take passive losses against other passive income. Now, the second thing that might happen is if you actively participate in the rental property, which basically means that you're making management decisions, you're deciding, you're approving tenants, you're arranging for services such as repairs, you're, you're actively involved in the rental property. What if you own a, or what if, what if you uh, employ a management company? Well, you can still have active participation even you? if you have a management uh, company there again, as long as you are approving tenants and, and you're doing... Or kicking them out. Yeah, or you know, the, the, manage the sheriff over there. The so management company comes to you and says, "Okay, we need There's to put in a, again. a new air conditioner. It's going to cost you know six thousand dollars. Are we okay to schedule someone?" Then you're actively uh, managing I got you. those I got you. subcontractors. But if you actively participate, you may be able to qualify to deduct up to twenty five thousand dollars in rental losses each year. There again, there's an AGI limit that comes into play. So if your adjusted gross income is more than $100,000 up to 150, you may lose that. But there is that potential there yeah, to be able yeah. to deduct that against other income. So if you have if W2 income, yeah, if you have W2 income and you actively participate with a loss, you may be able to deduct that loss on your tax return against that you, W2 you, income. You could take it. You, you just said that you can take it against a W2 income. Mm -hmm, you could. Well, that's important. No. Now, and then the third thing that might happen uh, if you don't have other passive income or you don't qualify because of the income limits or you don't actively participate, then your losses are suspended and they just basically roll forward into a year that you have passive income that you can take it against or a year where your income's low enough to where you can deduct it. Or if you sell the property, you can take those losses against the gain on the sale. So you're not gonna lose the tax benefit of those losses. They're just not gonna help you right now. They're gonna roll forward. So eventually you will get to use those losses against um, income that you have from the sale. That whole uh, active participation, that, that to me, that's very interesting. Yeah. What people consider it, what, yeah, and, what, and, and there's also there really th something is. that we won't get into today called material participation, which is totally different as well. So, Imagine that. Yeah, different different rules. Because there's laws saying different things, develop, development, construction, rental, it's, it's, all, it's all different. Right, and it is. Now, there's also something, one other possible loophole that might get you out of those passive activity Loop laws. Loopholes can be so exciting. Oh, they can be. Uh, and that is if you qualify as a real estate professional. Ah. Now, if you are... One of those people. Yeah, one of those people. If you're qualified as a real estate professional, then you must perform more than half of your personal services, which basically means what you do for work, your, your W-2 job or if you own a business, in the area of a real property trader business in which you materially participate in. There's that word we talked about before. And that you spend at least 750 hours per year participating in a real estate business. So that could be anything from a real estate developer, someone who's in the construction business, someone who rental uh, does rental property management, leasing, or real estate brokers. So it's 15 hours a, a week, basically. 
Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, basically what, what you're looking at two there. days Two days a week. Uh, and if, as long as you do that, then you may have the ability to deduct those losses against other income as well. And if your rental activity rises to the level of a trade or business, you may also be able to take advantage of some of the business strategies that we've talked about here on the show in the past, such as hiring your child to work in your real estate business, hiring your spouse and being able to set up a medical reimbursement plan, taking a home office deduction, some of the other things that businesses get to take advantage of, you may be able to as well for your rental property business. Awesome. That's a lot of good information. Yeah, and you know, there are guidelines that have to be met for each one of these things, so you definitely want to make sure you have all of the information. It's a lot more than we could obviously cover in our show today, but uh, definitely something to think about if you're looking into getting into rental property. Ladies and gentlemen, give Jacqueline a call. Go to the website. But before we give them that information, you've got a trade show coming up in a couple weeks. I do. We are going to do the 85 North Realtor Board trade show in 85 North, Jackson County, Banks County, uh, Jackson County, yonder, the big city of Jefferson, Maysville, uh, big city of Jefferson. You know, I got friends in Maysville. I we don't always, do. well, I guess we do always talk about that. But anyway. uh, yeah, we've got that coming up on October 16th, the day after yeah, tax yeah, day. In a couple weeks. Am I invited? You are invited. Nice. Anyone comes to the table, says you heard us on Business Radio X, I will buy you a drink later. <laughs> okay. I usually buy them drinks anyway. Okay. Don't, don't tell them I said that. <laughs> Um, Jacqueline, how do they get a hold of you? You can give our office a call. The telephone number is 678-866-4047. Or you can visit our website, which is bottomlineGA, as in Georgia, bottomlineGA.com. Any other pearls of wisdom before we go to break? Well, the only other thing I would say is if you're going to be active in a real estate business then there's three things that you need yes there's three things that you need to make sure that you have first of all you need a good accountant because as you can see the rules are different depending on what you're doing so you need to know how all this works the second thing you need is a good real estate agent and sandy and i know no one of those that we could help you out they with. Actually if, make, they make good real estate agents. If, if you need sorry. a good real estate agent. But you need somebody that's out there keeping an eye out for properties. Or become one yourself. Mm, well, that's true. That's why people do that. But, you know, if, if you got a good real estate agent, they're keeping an, an got, eye we out. we got the accountant. we got the real estate agent. Right. They're keeping an eye out for properties for you. And then the third thing that you want to have is a good relationship with a mortgage person. Mortgage person. Because once those properties well, come was, up. Was that a segue or what? <laughs> I love it. I love it. You, you need to have that good <laughs> we relationship. We worked on that in the car all the way down here. It was awesome. So you can get that financing in place to be able to buy that property. So those three things are something you definitely need to have. We're going to be hearing from Ms. Sandy Hill in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And hopefully the ladies will not go anywhere running and screaming. We'll be right back with you. Are you paying too much in taxes? Who isn't? Taxes are the highest expense small businesses face. Maximize your return on investment. Reduce your tax bill. Tax planning and tax resolution strategies, the art of keeping more money you've worked hard for. Schedule your free tax planning consultation by visiting www.bottomlinetaxsolutions.com. That's bottomlinetaxsolutions.com. My small business had done well and thought I'd paid my taxes. Then I got a letter from the IRS. I didn't know what to do. So I called Bottomline Tax Solutions. They understood exactly what I was going through. Bottomline worked with me and for me. They turned a horrible time into a manageable one. Now, I'm in a payment plan I can afford. And they were able to get my penalties reduced. Schedule your free tax planning consultation by visiting BottomlineTaxSolutions.com. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Jacqueline, thank you so much for a very entertaining first segment. You are very welcome. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what you've all been waiting for, 
Ms. Mrs. Sandy Hill is with us from Fairway Independent Mortgage. Hello, Sandy. Hi, Tom. It's great to be here. You look excited. I am so excited. This is going to be fun. It is going to be awesome. It's my first radio experience. Are you serious? Serious. Well, usually you're on the other side of the speakers. Um, now you're. There's a horrible joke somewhere in there I'm not going to make. <laughs> okay. Tell us, tell the folks about yourself, a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am from California. My really? husband and I moved here about 26 years ago. We absolutely love Gwinnett County. Do you? Well, yeah, well good. we do. The southeast in general is an amazing place. It is, it is. It's my roots. I grew up in Clearwater, Florida. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, but I have actually been in the mortgage industry about 34 years. Um, Since you were, what, three? I really like you, Tom. Thank you very much. I I gotta keep the guest happy. It keeps me coming back. (laughs) So I have basically been in every role in the mortgage industry and the loan processing. So I have settled upon and my highest and and best use is being the loan officer, helping direct clients so that they know the best alternative when they want to buy a home or if they want to refinance. And I basically have to marry their wish list, Tom, which is their objective with their qualifications. And their qualifications is going to take into account their credit, their income, their assets, and as Jackie mentioned a little bit earlier, their reserves. Particularly important with a rental property. I can I can imagine. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to assume, I hate assuming, but buying rental property is good for the investment portfolio or no one would do it. Absolutely. It's a great way to diversify. So when you're buying an investment property, you truly are gaining equity in two different ways, adding to your asset pool. Number one, you have a property in in Gwinnett. Just over the last year, I would say it's typical three to 10% real estate appreciation. So you're gaining equity. Secondly, you have your monthly income, right? That renter's paying you every month. So you're putting cash in your pocket. You have both in your asset, your real estate value going up, giving you an equity spread, as well as having monthly income. So it truly is a great investment. Well, I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> so, so, so where do I start? Tell me, where, where, how do I start this? So you basically just I, give me a I call. What do I investigate? I just call you and say, <laughs> find me houses. Yes, you call and you give me your wish list. You give me your objective that, hey, Sandy, I'd like to see about buying an investment property. Um, and I'm going to start you off by getting a snapshot of what your qualifications are. We're going to want to know, again, pull a credit report on you. You're going to fill an online app for me. going to investigate your income, your debts. And basically, I'm going to be looking at your income versus your debt ratio. That's called your debt ratios. On an investment property, Tom, it's a little bit more stringent than if you were buying an owner. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, just kind of how it works. So, so what makes a property a rental or what makes it an investment? I, I realize your, your mm-hmm. principal residence, your principal residence, that's easy. But right. what, what makes it a rental? What makes it an investment? What makes it any of that? 
good questions. So if you are renting it out greater than 14 days a year, it becomes a rental Only property. Only 14. Only 14. That, that would go by quick. It would. It wow. would. So then we get into a lot of times the variable where people want to buy a second home mm -hmm. versus an investment property. And we have to watch those guidelines with rental very closely. I got you. When it comes to finance, it comes to getting a loan. Mm -hmm. I, I already know the answer to this, but explain it. There's got to be differences for getting that financing for that rental property versus the house you're going to live in or maybe even your second home. There's got to be differences in getting that financing. You're right. You're right. So a rental property for the lender is absolutely a higher risk. If you have somebody living in their home and they have a life event such as a divorce, a job loss, something happened in their life that's critical if they have an owner-occupied home versus an investment property, which one are they going to pay first? Right, right. Yeah. I imagine your rates are going to be higher too for investment. More risk. More risk. So we are going to be a little bit more stringent with number one. The number one defining difference is down payment. So on an owner-occupied home, you know, there are programs available with VA, USDA, first-time homebuyer programs with no money down. That's great. Wow. But not on an investment property. Right. Investment property, they're looking for a minimum of 15% down. But okay. if you go to 20 or 25, you're going to get a better rate. Of course. And as you just mentioned, the interest rate when we deal with an investment property versus owner-occupied, about a half a percent to three-quarter differential. And it's going to be based upon credit score and whether you have your assets in, in line with your reserves. If you run across anything odd, anything different that sticks out in your mind there's got to be a good story you've been doing this for a few weeks a few months i want the dirt i want to know how this stuff works what am i going to run into there's got to be a good story somewhere so i have a client let me share with you that started with me about 15 years ago this and is they, the dirt i want this is there good you go this is good there you go and they started with their first investment property and they started parlaying about every year they would buy an investment property and they they basically got out of their regular jobs, their nine to fives, and they went full time into property and being owner of a property. They ended up with about 13 houses. Nice. And then as they started approaching retirement, then they wanted to go ahead and start selling those properties off and they used the equity right. that they had gained to be able to pay off another home and they were able to go ahead and and now they're currently setting with about five properties but they're all mortgage-free debt-free so nice. everything they have is income to them what was what was the time length did you say i would say that was over about a 10 to 15 year time frame well, that's not long at all no nope. that's amazing nope well, I, I'm sure. I know we're not we're not real estate agents, but but location, location, location. You mentioned Gwinnett County. Yes. Very good. Well, that's yeah. I mentioned having a good real estate agent. That's something you want a real estate agent available for. They're going to know where the good rental neighborhoods are. They're right. going to know where you're going to be able to get the best rent. They're going to 
be able to direct you and say, hey, this house is coming up. It would be great for a rental property. So that's why having that real estate agent on your side is important because when they come, you know how properties are, they come up on the market and they're gone tomorrow. So if you have somebody that already knows you're looking, they see something come up and they can call you and say, hey, this is available. You need to go see it today. You know, that's the way you want it, want it to go. Wow. Now, I think we've scared people off, though. It's, it's more difficult to purchase a rental property, but it's not impossible. Not impossible I mean, they at had, all. They had, what, 13, did you say? Mm-hmm. 13 well, properties. Awesome. And, you know, the, the rule of thumb is, as Jackie mentioned, go ahead and meet with your mortgage planner so that you can get a strategy in place. The number one key component with any lending, any purchasing today, credit score. Credit score is key. So if we find out that you have a credit score that falls below the benchmark where you need to be with investment property, we can go ahead and get that lined up. There are several tools you can use to be able to get your credit score where we where we want it. And I gotta believe cash on hand is important. Cash on hand is huge. As Jackie mentioned again, when you have those issues, maintenance issues, what happens if your um, your renter doesn't pay we are right. looking for at least a three to six month reserve. Wow. Yep. See, that's important information. Yep. yep. That's yep. huge. That's huge. So that's you're diving enough. into all that. Exactly. But at the same time, and I'm sure someone would say it's prying, but and I know there's there, you're trying to protect both sides, but if, if I'm going into this thinking it's all going to be roses, I want someone digging into it to say, hey, uh, hey, Tom, you need a little more here. You need a little more there before you jump off and do this. Exactly. And the bottom line is the lender does want a borrower to lose their home. Right. And yet, again, life happens. People lose their job. They have divorced. Their income's cut in half. So we're basically trying to just put a little bit of a buffer. So right. when one of those events happens, someone can still carry on, make their payments, help out until they get another renter in that property. But the planning's basically done up front. Exactly. That's key. Proactive, not reactive. We are. We're all about proactive. Wow, wow, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why you ha- you you hire, you call upon someone like Sandy Hill to take care of these needs before you get into trouble. Um, I guess a foreclosure notice would be like a nasty gram from the IRS. I I would guess. Pretty much, probably. Yeah. Wow, yeah. lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Such good news we bring the folks. <laughs> Sandy, um, how do the folks get a hold of you? I am at 678-713-3636, and my website is www.sandyhillfairway.com. Sandyhillfairway.com. Did I say that right? You did. Nice. <laughs> Very. The, the, best, uh, the best mortgage talk you've ever had. Well, there you go. <laughs> nice. Thank you. When you're ready to come do this full time, just let me know. Okay. I'll vacate. You can interview people. It'll be great. You did really well. Thank you. I know you were nervous at a time. Thank you. Is there any other pearls of wisdom you want to share with the folks that I skipped over somehow? I would just say if you want to get involved, don't be afraid. We've got to take that first snapshot. Come in. Give me a call. We'll go ahead. and, And if you're not ready now we will get a strategy in place that's what it's all about Create a timeline mm-hmm. exactly well, that's important. i like that exactly well ladies great job great job as always jacqueline you want to do this again next month i think we shall all right well ladies and gentlemen thank you so much we will be with you soon thank you for sharing your time with us on business radio x 
Schedule your free tax planning consultation by visiting www.bottomlinetaxsolutions.com. That's bottomlinetaxsolutions.com. And click the link to hear more podcasts like this one. I'm Tom. She's Jacqueline. And that's the bottom line.